You're listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Putnam. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. Today, I am joined by Paralympic world champion Richard Coleman. Now, everybody has a lot of excuses in life, but this is one guy that I've recently come across who basically said, screw all of your excuses, try harder. So, Richard, thank you for coming on the show, man. Thank you so much for having me on today, and it's, it's great to be here with you and share some of my story with some of the listeners. Yeah, you know, I, I've read through your, your website, I've looked uh, through some of your bio, and I'm looking at this going, you know, I complain a lot, but I need to stop. I'm, I'm, you know, I read through your story, I'm like, this guy just gets after it. So for, for those who've never really heard of you, um, take us through what uh, your background was like. Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, you're from Australia. Uh, you grew up there. But uh, what was your childhood like? You know, what kind of background did you come from? Yeah, so I, I was pretty lucky that I, I grew up and live in Australia. And we all be very lucky that we live in this great country. And uh, I'm very lucky that I did with a disability because disability here is in front of the world. And uh, we're leading, and particularly where I live here in Geelong, we are leading uh, the disability movement and the inclusion really for people with disability. And we've come a long way, but we've still got a long, long way to go with inclusion, particularly here in, in Geelong where I live, but around the world. So I was very lucky to go to a mainstream school and get a great education and get to university. And I did finish a degree, so I can count one plus one, which is always amazing. And uh, if you can count one plus one, you can do anything in life. And uh, that's what I was always taught. And my school from a very young age uh, instilled in me that, hey, there's no excuses and uh, you've you got, to, got to get involved and make sure you are involved. And uh, it, when everyone says, hey, you can't do that or you can't do that because you have a disability or, hey, you might get injured. Uh, I, heard, I hear that a lot lately. And uh, sorry, you can't do that because it's a health and safety risk. You might get hurt. Uh, I will definitely turn around and tell everyone that, hey, I'll do it just purely because you've said, no, I can't do it. And uh, it's like climbing to the top of the monkey bars or climbing to the top, the high rope in the gym. And I was always the one that would climb to the highest rope in the gym and to prove all everyone possible and, or keep on swimming to the last person would be finishing swimming in the gym and all those kind of things. And that's where I think my attitude started early was, Hey, I'll prove everyone wrong. What's the craziest thing to do? And I'll, work out a way to do it. Yes, it might be harder in a wheelchair, but I'll find a way. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. You know, the majority of people that I've talked to that have gone to extreme levels of skill in their sport or their trade or whatever it is, they always got there because someone told them they couldn't. You know, and I think that's something that it just kind of pisses you off. Oh, I can't do this. I'll do it twice just to show you you're wrong. That's it. And a lot of people have doubts about people with disability. They can't achieve success because you're in a wheelchair or you can't do that. But it goes with everyone in life. It doesn't matter what your background is, where you've come from or what your current life situation is. And currently there's a lot of people in tough situations around the world, but it doesn't matter what is happening. You can achieve success and success is different for everyone. It's, it's what you class as success and what are your dreams. And everyone has different goals and ambitions in life. And the only reason why people achieve it is because they truly believe in those goals and they want to do something about it and they take action to achieve it. Like to achieve your goal, you've actually got to do something about it and actually start the journey to achieve success. And a lot of people just go, I want to be successful or I want to achieve this goal or this outcome. And, they never actually do anything about it. And so it's always just a dream and always out there and never going to be achieved because they never do something about it themselves. And it doesn't matter what people around you say, if they may say it's the hardest dream ever, or you're never going to achieve it. But if you believe in it and never give up, then you can achieve success. Yes. It's a challenge along the way. Yes. There's going to be tough times, but if you truly believe in it and you want to do something about it, 
you can actually achieve success. Yeah, but, you know, like you said, it's all about taking the action. You know, a lot of people, like you said, they'll say, I want to be successful, but they're not specific in the success they want. You know, like you, you wanted to be successful, and obviously you have been um, in the racing world. Uh, so, But was that something you wanted to do right off the bat? Was that something you saw and you said, you know what, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to be one of the damn best at it? Or is it something that kind of just you floated into? Well, I always took part in every single sport I could. And as a kid in Australia, like we do sport on a daily basis. And that's the thing with, with what I did. I just got involved in as many things as I could. And I was encouraged to get involved. And I was pretty lucky that uh, I was encouraged because we still got a lot of people out there who have to sit in the corner of the gym or they go to the library because they're not involved in, in PE or in sport. And they, they're not encouraged to be involved and achieve success that way. And I got involved when I uh, through the school sports system. And I'm very lucky now that I'm back involved as a coach and mentor of the school sport, Victoria and Australia and coaching the next generation of these 10 and 12 year olds. And I started back, back in the day when I was one of the very few kids with a disability involved. And I was very lucky that I was encouraged and I got involved when I was 10 or 12 year old back in the day all these years ago now 25 years ago about that now and I uh my first memories of athletics isn't winning my first race it's not actually uh, on the start line of my first race my first memories is doing the school athletics days and actually doing uh long jump pushing down the long jump pit trying to break suddenly and jump out of my wheelchair and land in the wood in the sand pit and uh, you can imagine the legs going everywhere, the arms going everywhere and uh, the wheelchair just flying along. And uh, yeah, that was a great experience. And unfortunately I didn't win in that event that day, but I was involved and I was adamant that I was going to do it because every other boy in my age group was doing that event. So that was part of the program. So I was adamant I was going to do it and I did it. And uh, yeah, and that's what started it to prove that hey, if you couldn't do it, if I had to sit on the sidelines and watch everyone, then, that wasn't going to happen. So that was the start of where it's gone. And I, I did a lot of sport up into in the teenage years as most people do. And it, as I progressed and got developed into a high performance athlete in the late teenagers, athletics took over. And then I started meeting and having these opportunities to travel the world and meet these amazing athletes. And some of the most amazing athletes I, I, I met in 1999, 20 odd years ago now that I'm still really good friends with guys from France, Japan. And, and whenever we travel, we're still really good friends now. And we're rest best. We're actual major rivals on the track. And we, one day the French guy might win another day. I might win, but we're really good friends. And whenever they come to Australia, they come and stay at my house. And whenever I travel to Japan or France, I, I always stay at the house and we always get to know each other. And that's what's been the best thing about the sport is the opportunities to travel the world, meet amazing people. But it's been a lot of hard work. Like I was training full time for almost 20 years and it was leading up to the London Paralympics. I was away for six months of the year and I was training three, four times a day. I was up 6am training. I was training three, four times a day doing admin, trying to earn an income on top of training four times a day. And yeah, it was pretty brutal. I was injured quite a bit and you, a lot of people don't see the other side of things. They don't see those tough days and, the days when you're struggling, you've got no money, you, you're trying to travel for six months and you go, what do I do? You're away from home, you're away from everything, but you do it because you want to have that success. And I was pretty lucky that I've experienced success a bit in the sport and I haven't achieved everything yet. And that's what drives me because I'm trying to prove that hey, I'm not done yet and there's all those crazy things. And as an athlete, you've got to set those crazy goals. You, and that's the main thing in life. You don't have other people set your goals or, or what you've got to achieve. It's you've got to set those goals. You've got to have them written down. You've got to go, right, I want to do that because this is my goals. And people will say it's out of this world. It's crazy. It's too hard. But if it's your goal and you want to achieve it, you can. Uh, some of the things I've wanted to do has been pretty crazy. And I'm still working on some of them. Um, I've finished second or third and been under the world record 15 times 
yet never once held the world record. I've finished second by 0.03 of a second and been under that world record, yet never held it. I've won two Premier Games. I've won World Championships. But I've come so close. And I just want to have that name, even if it's one race. And then the guy next to me beats me after that. That's fine. But And that's the, the things that drives me, that keep me going. But to prove that, hey, I can do this. And I'm now stepping up to the marathons. And everyone said I was so successful on the track. But you're a track athlete. But I went, no, hang on. I want to prove I can do marathons as well. So I'm doing that now and trying to do mar- uh, a bit of coaching and a few other things. And I'm trying to be successful on off the track as well. And that's what is important as well. Yeah. You, you <laughs> some of the things that you've wanted to do are crazy. Look, I don't think there's anything crazier than a guy in a wheelchair competing in the long jump. I mean, I you, know, you, were, something- you were flying down and then you would stop on the line and go flying out of your wheelchair into a sand pit. Yeah. That's think- the most badass thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah, I know. It was a bit crazy at the time. And looking back at it now, I probably won't do that now because I realized how many chances of breaking legs you could have now. But uh, back as a eight, a seven, eight, year, nine year old, you you don't have those fears of what damage you can do to your body. And now the body's a bit older and it breaks a lot easier. I, like I get injured a lot more now these days and I've got to look after it. But I, uh, back in the day, I was like, yeah, this is, this should be right. And, I still have that attitude with a lot of things. I'll be like, yeah, I'll be right. What, what's the worst can happen? And that's the thing. That's a good Aussie attitude is what's the worst can happen. And we're the first to push the boundaries of what's possible and go, yeah, I'll be right. I, I should be right. I'll go to this place. I'll do this. Or, but as soon as something bad happens, the Australians are the first to go, mm, I, maybe this is not the safest thing to do, or maybe I shouldn't <laughs> be here. And, maybe we shouldn't do this activity. And there's only been a few times around the world that I've gone, guys, maybe we shouldn't be here or maybe we shouldn't do this, but it's great. We are, but let's just look after our safety first. And uh, a few of those times have been pretty hairy and uh, I'm lucky that I've been able to travel and travel for a lot of races around the world. And I've now visited 60 countries on my way to a hundred, hopefully. And, I've been to a lot of races, but last 10 years, 15 years, I've done a lot of traveling in the off season to prove that, hey, we can go to these countries. And the, the developing countries are the where you have the most fun, the most enjoyment. And I've actually experienced more fun in these other countries because I feel the developing countries, there's been a lot of more OHS rules, the the policies put in place for people with disabilities saying, hey, you can't do this because you have a disability. Sorry, you can't do this because you're in a wheelchair. And when you go to these other developing countries, everything is possible. People stop and help you up with 10 flights of stairs or down 100 flights of stairs because they're like, wow, this is incredible. You, you travel, you want to do this, you want to do that. And that's what I love about traveling and being out there and going, hey, guys, I can do this. And... It's only people's attitudes around you that will stop you achieving success. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, You know, they say that you are the average of the five people you spend the majority of your time around. And if you're the average, uh, just from the short amount of time that you and I have been talking, if you're the average of the five people that you hang around, then I need to hang around the exact same kind of people that you are because you are the most motivated individual that I've ever talked to. Um, I'm actually getting tired just talking to you. No, I'm, I'm joking. But um, my family, like they, they just go, how do you do it? And uh, yeah, I do a lot of coffees and uh, I've just got to stay positive. And there is, there is tough times in life when you're, you're injured and like if going to London Paralympics, like there's been tough times. Six weeks out from the London Paralympics, I was, I'd been away for six months and I was at the final training camp and I had a major crash at really fast speed and went down and, and that could have been my Paralympic Games over and I managed to continue on and push through the pain and it was one of the highlights of my life is racing in front of 80,000 people and friends and family from all over the world and a lot of people I'd met from backpacking through these countries came 
to London 2012 to watch me race. And half of them didn't even know that I was an athlete all that good. And when they won, they were like, oh my God, you're actually, you are an athlete and you actually do well. And uh, I was pretty lucky to win by 0.1 of a second. And the highlights were pretty impressive. But I think one of the highlights for me from London Premix was, yeah, that was a great success. And coming from being injured so much, because I like, I had a major crash and I almost probably did a lot more damage than we really admitted to a lot of people. And I kept it quiet and the physios and the doctors did a great work on me to get me through. And I pushed the boundaries and like, I was in such good shape that I got through it. Um, but I was pretty tired. And the last race of the last of their last night was the, the relay, the four by 400 meter wheelchair relay. And my, re- my teammates, none of them had achieved six, their goals of the London Paralympics and their goal was to win a medal. And in, individually, they hadn't experienced success during the games. None of them had got out of the heat really. And none of them had done a personal best. And uh, so for us, that was a, such a highlight for me to help them win a, a bronze medal in the four by four relay. And to see their faces after the race, to see their joy of winning a re- it winning a bronze medal. And yes, it wasn't a gold, but for them, it was success because we'd worked so hard together to get there. And we worked as a team and I, ha- I was able to help them achieve their goals. And that was the most amazing thing is able to help other people. Yes. And I was really injured. Like I had nothing left in the tank and uh, yeah, it was pretty brutal on that me that night, but uh, I was able to do it and we walked away pretty happy and we, yeah, it was a great success and I still catch up with those boys to see how they're going. And I, I always check in on the other people. And, and the thing with disability is there's 20% of people with disability around the world. 40% live below the poverty line. We have such a great uh, opportunity to help people achieve success. And I, when you think of it, there's a, in Australia, we have a 5% unemployment rate at the moment and 40% of people with disability live below the poverty line there's a big imbalance of people living below their means and living below opportunities here in Australia. That's why I'm trying to push going, Hey guys, anyone can achieve success and go and travel. And yes, you maybe have tough situations, but if you want to achieve or want to do that or want to have a goal, you can find a way to do it. If you want to travel to South America or have fun and, do these amazing adventures, then yeah, you'll do it. Yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, it's going to be challenging on the way, but you've got to work out a way to do it. You've got to take the steps along the way to achieve that outcome. And that's why I'm now trying to help everyone achieve their goals. And you've got to have the goals written down. You've got to have actions to achieve it. A dream is just a dream if you don't have the steps you're going to take along the way. Uh, You've got to have the barriers and go, right, what's going to stop me achieving success? Work on it and put in places things that you're going to uh, implement to stop them, those barriers from occurring. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Uh, and they let those barriers stop them from achieving success. Yeah. Um, you know, I went back and I watched uh, some of your races uh, after you had reached out to me and we had got to talking a little bit, I never knew that wheelchair racing was so intense. Like it is extremely intense. Um, I don't think a lot of people understand the level of athleticism that goes into that. Um, I, I, I watched your performance at the London Paralympics and I, I'm looking at, this guy is a monster. Now, like I said, I don't think a lot of people understand the level of athleticism and competition that is involved in wheelchair racing. But yeah, it's, it, it's, it's an extreme sport. You guys wipe out quite a bit. Well, that's the goal not to wipe out. Uh, you've got to stay away from those guys that will wipe you out. But it's like any sport. It, anything can happen at any time and you've got to be prepared for that. And some things are out of your control. And that's the thing with life. Some things happen that you can't control. And if you crash, yes, you may have caused it. Then that's your problem and your fault. And that's in your control. But if someone in front of you takes somebody else out, 
you can't do much about that. You just got to learn and go, well, hang on. What's my lesson from this? And go, what can I take from this as life lessons? And you may have had the worst day in life, but there's always a positive. There's always a positive outcome. And you may have crashed, but what can you learn from it? And what can you take from the future and go, right, all right. It may be a simple thing as going, right, I don't go near that guy again in a race because he's going to crash everyone. I've got to stay in front of him. And I've learned those lessons the hard way a few times. And you've got to experience those ups and downs and you go, well, Hey, that one hurt. That big crash hurt. Well, get back up and keep going. And yeah, you've, I've been lucky where some crashes have happened next to me and I've really thought I was going to go down and somehow I've stayed up and been lucky to, finish the race and then other times I've gone down as well and other boys have gone down and it's part of racing and it's professional sport and Olympic sport is now professional. We've got guys from a hundred countries now turning up to race and you never know who's going to win. And there's so many really good guys now from so many countries where it is life changing. And there's a lot of guys from developing countries who it is life changing for these guys, their families, their friends, because they can earn a full-time wage and it's not just, us developed countries where we are professional athletes and you have to be professional these days because you have to do everything right on the track, off the track in business in life, because if you don't, then you're not going to win the race. And a lot of guys are working pretty hard around the world and you've got to work harder than them and you've got to be motivated. But yeah, there's some crazy things and London was great to have full 80,000 seats stadium full every day in the heats and the finals. And we really took Premier sport up to the next level where it's now seen as a mainstream sport. And it's pretty lucky. We go to the major marathons. We go to these major races. And he's a, everyone treated as a lead athlete. You can go into the, the races in the diamond leagues, which is the, the major races. And you can be sitting next to the table next to Usain Bolt and you're just another athlete and you get treated. They respect you as another peer and, that's why I love racing and being an athlete because you go to these races and the elite, the best of the best, like you say, Bolt, will come and say hi and how you going and we'll get to know you because you're just another athlete and they respect you for because you work hard and, and you have to work hard to achieve your success. Yeah, and from the level that you guys perform at, there's a lot of training that goes into that. Now, uh, when you and I were talking uh, a few days ago, uh, we were talking about trying to work this interview in around your training. So what is your training like? I mean, what do you do? Uh, there's obviously a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Cause so pre London 2012. Uh, yeah. Like I was saying, I was away for six months training three, four times a day. Like uh, I had to travel. I went to races all around the world and, I, I based a training camp up in Northern Australia for two months by myself and I trained three times a day for all those times, but it's 20 years of, of that, of training sometimes three times a day is you train in the morning at 6am, you train at lunch, and then you train again in the evenings and you've got to do that because you can't just train once a day because you're not going to win. You're not going to be the best and uh, you've got to do everything right and you've got to look after your body. You've got to do the recovery. You've got to do all those extra things that come into it. And a lot of people just see you, you, you win, but it's the things that happened before. And, and like after I won that London 2012 premix, I didn't get to bed until 2am that night because I had to do the cool downs, the recoveries. I did media for two hours after the race and I had to see the family. I went back to the village, had dinner. I went and had I was on in the ice bath and the physio table at 1am after the race because I had to back up two days later for another race. And like the next morning I was up at 7am back on the physio table, getting another massage and physio to recover to get back up again and get the body right because everything counts. And I like, I'm happy that I did it because winning London by 0.1 of a second is such a dream come true. But it goes into those 20 years of hard work, the travel that I've done races all around the world. And you go from Australia to Europe, to Asia, to Europe, all in the one week. And everyone goes, how do you do it? You just got to do it. You're like, I've raced four countries in seven days uh, in four, in two continents. So I raced in America and 
and somewhere a couple of other countries and like I remember racing in America and Atlanta one morning. I went from the race to the airport, flew to Paris, raced Paris the next night and you have to do it. And it's pretty brutal on the body, but that's what you've got to do. To, and that's what you have to do. So you make time. Uh, everyone goes, how do you do it? But there's a lot of hours in the day and you've got to actually make it work and you've got to do what you do. And yeah, there's a lot of long hours and I get up now, I train, I work all day. I coach every night and I'm now coaching some really good athletes. So I've got a, one of the best Australian athletes now coming through. He's a 19 year old and he's doing really well. I've taken him from a 12 year old who was overweight and all he wanted to do was get involved. And as you saw him as a 12 year old, he had, he was overweight with glasses and a short little fat kid. And no one would have said he was going to be a star athlete at 1920. And now you look at him, he's ripped, he's toned, he's, he's a, he goes to the gym every day and he's fit and healthy and he believes in himself. He's got sponsorship. He's, he's winning races and he's got a job where back then it was all about, Hey, you can't do this. He will never achieve success. But I went, no, 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 you will be able to do this. You will have a job. I'll make sure of that. And we've turned him, we've developed him into one of these great guys who can do the motivational speaking. He can speak to sponsorships and he can speak to sponsors and, he's really marketable and that's what we're trying to develop the all around package. Yeah. It takes hard, a lot of time, but you can develop these skills. It's going to take time, but, and that's with anyone in life. Yeah. You may not be able to do something, but you may have to work out how to do it and you know, develop these skills on the side. And uh, I'm always working on other skills and I spend a lot of time at the moment developing some of these other skills that I've been working on in business in life. And, I'm really learning how to do some other things and I'm really enjoying the coaching now. And it's actually making me a better athlete, a better person because I'm really having to develop the strategies that, and look after people and put these processes in place to look after myself and these other people to help them achieve success. Yes. I can't do it for them. It's their goal. I can't tell them, no, you can't do it or it's going to be too hard. I've got to help them to achieve it. And that's the main thing in life. Your goal is your goal. It's not other people's goals. Uh, you've got to help uh, get other people to help you achieve success, but don't get them to do it. And also if you see other people's goals, you may be able to do it simple and be able to do it for them. Don't do it. Help them, help them develop the skills to achieve success. Be there for them because it's their goal. It's their dream. It's not your dream. You've got to help them achieve their dream in life. And that's what it's all about is helping other people achieve success. Uh, and that's the greatest thing in life is what skills do you have that can allow other people to achieve success? Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they kind of get started into the mentorship uh, side of whatever it is they're doing, they tend to forget that they're not, trying to take the their mentee to achieve their own goal. They're trying to get their mentee to their mentee's goal. So, you know, I, I actually had to deal with that a little bit when I started mentoring other guys. But when you say you're coaching now, uh, are you only coaching uh, uh, handicap uh, athletes or are you coaching all athletes now? I'm coaching all athletes. I, I've got an everybody girl here. She's a sprinter. She uh, she's win, uh, basically wins the state championships and stuff here as well. So 17-year-old able-bodied girl who's one of the best able-bodied runners in, in my state. And, yeah, I'm pr proving that it's possible. And, yeah, we've got all people with different types of disabilities, wheelchairs, miss people missing arms, cerebral palsy, uh, intellectual disabilities. So we've got a, I'm now coaching one of the biggest uh, – Paris squads in Australia, which is really good to see. And I'm not a paid Australian coach, but I'm developing that because I want to help other people that have the opportunity to achieve their, their dreams. Um, yes, not everyone's going to be a Paralympic champion or yes, not everyone wants to be that Paralympic champion, but everyone has a dream and it's okay if they don't end up being a Paralympic champion because 
you've got to be there to allow them to be successful and achieve their goals and put in the skills to do that long-term. And if you help them develop the skills to be a good employee or a good business owner or, and go out and develop their business ideas, that's great. That's what you've got to do. And I'm trying to help them to be a successful person all around. And we're trying to work on their goals and work out what they want to do. Yes. Some things are crazy hard and I've got all my athletes now and a lot of people I mentor is what are we doing this month? What are your three actions going to take about it? And we look back and go, right, did you achieve success this month? If not, why? And if it's because you didn't take those three actions or didn't do anything about your goals, then that's on you because you just had that goal and it never took action. And it was always there. You were always going to do it. And that's the thing with a lot of people when I, I'm mentoring a lot of people and we're working with a lot of people is we've got to clearly define what is you want to do, how you're going to do it and what are the obstacles. And yes, some things are going to take longer than others and some things you can do this week. And a lot of people go, I want to be success, but you've got to clarify it and it's got to have a meaningful outcome. You've got to be able to measure your your goals, your dreams, it's got to be measurable and you can't go, right, I want to be successful because what is that? You can't define it and you've got to have a time frame. It's got to be, right, I want to go to Cuba or visit a country by this year. All right, that's measurable because it's a location and it's by defined time and you've got to work out what are your three things you're going to do to do that? What do you need to do to go and visit Cuba or go and do these goals and yes, they're hard, but that's the thing in, about goals. You don't want them to be easy because nothing in life should be easy. And that's the thing we need to remember is you've got to set these crazy goals that are hard and hard for you. doesn't matter what anyone else thinks that if they say it's not possible, it will be possible if you truly believe in it, but you've got to take those three, the first step, to achieving it and take the actions to achieving it because there is what's going to make you achieve success. And I've done some great things. And, and one of the things I did, I, I, we've got AFL football out here, Aussie rules football. And my, my athletics coach was a, a fitness coach of the local league out here. And I was out there coach, catching up with her one night and one of the heads of the, the, the local area came why don't you get involved and we'd love to have you as an umpire here. And I was like, ah, I don't want to be an umpire because it's more than running around for a couple of hours. He goes, he's so fit. You're so fast. And I'm like, yeah, but that's more fitness. I do enough training as well. And he goes, well, what do you need to be a goal umpire? It's 20 meters side to side. You can really do it. And you've got great confidence. And I went, yeah, all right, let's prove it. And we had to go through the process of proving it was possible. And, we had to get the highest of the highest national league approval to do it. And we had to put in processes of go, right, how are we going to do it safely? What are we going to do? And we did it. And I became the first person in the wheelchair to umpire an AFL game. And it's led to a lot of opportunities with people with disability in my local area now has a whole game of AFL that's umpired with people with disability. And that's led to greater inclusion with, people with disability being able to be involved as umpires and being involved in the sport that they love. And that's given other, other people opportunities. And that's what I'm trying to do is go, right, hang on. How can I get people to be able to be involved and achieve success? That's actually pretty awesome. Um, what I really like about what you're talking about here is when you, you're helping these athletes improve all around. And a lot of people don't realize that you don't improve in a vacuum. If you improve one aspect of your life, that bleeds over into other facets. So if you're developing confidence on the track or the court or the field or, you know, whatever, in, in, in whatever sport, you're developing competence and confidence in that area, that bleeds over into other areas, whether it be social, business, you know, education, whatever it is. And so I think what you're doing is fantastic. You know, you're giving the, you're giving people who, you know, may, may not have been as lucky 
as you? Because, I mean, it, it obviously sounds like you came from a family that supported the living hell out of you and encouraged you to not let, you know, being born with spina bifida limit you in any way. And a lot of people may be coming from backgrounds where they don't have that, but you're giving them that support. Yeah, and that's the thing I always try and tell. It, and it's not just for people with disability, it's anyone. It doesn't matter what your background is. If you're in the worst situations possible, if you're coming from a poverty background or wherever it is, you can achieve success. Like I see guys traveling the world who are athletes who come from poverty back home of being able to achieve success. So I've got guys who have gone through some crazy accidents who were in gangs, who dropped out of high school, who were in gangs, who were in poverty, no education, who are now living the dream of being an athlete, traveling the world, who earn some great money and they've got sponsorships to all these great things around the world because they took action. They had this life opportunity and they did something about it and they go, right, I can do this and they get on with it and they turn their life around, but you can't do it alone. And that's what we try and tell people. And you've got to reach out to someone who can help you achieve success. And it may be just sitting down and doing these goal setting strategy days and going, right, what do I want to do? How am I going to do it? And what can I do? What else can I do? And that's what we, what I tell people. And I spend a lot of time going, right, this is my goal. This is how I'm going to do it. This is what I need from you to help me achieve my goal. What else can we do? And that's the things we sit down with a lot of people. I have a lot of coffees with my mentees who help me all the time to keep me focused and go, right, how do I achieve success in sport, in business, um, in sponsorship or whatever it may be. And I, I have a lot of people who give me great advice and, but it's not about them doing it for me or doing my actions for me. It's about them giving me the skills to take action. And if I don't take any action, then that's on me. And that's where people always say, oh, I live in poverty or I live in this country or I do this. But hang on, you can do stuff if you want to do it. And that's the thing we've got to remember is we've got to take action yourself and you've got to change your situation around for your own good and your own long-term goals. Um, yeah, I've got some great goals and that's some sitting down with people who can have great outcomes. And I have a friend who was a travel reporter. She's been in hospital 18 times around the world. She's done some crazy things. She went to Chernobyl. She's gone to North Korea, which is pretty crazy. Like going to the back box of North Korea is one of the most crazy things. I haven't done that yet, but she's done that and she survived. And she was telling me she did the bike the death road in Bolivia. She mountain biked it. I went, really? You did that? Isn't that a crazy death road where people die every month? And she goes, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I went, well, hang on. You're not an athlete. You're not fit. You're not health. Like you're not sporty. How hard can it be? All right. I do this. So we worked out right. That, that became a goal of mine and took a little while to do it. And uh, one year as my end of season holiday, I went to South America and I put in closest place that to do push the death road in Bolivia. It's the, it's the most world's most dangerous road. It's got a thousand meter drops, 3000 feet drops off the side. It's two meters wide in parts. And I did it in my racing chair because I was like, well, how hard can it be? But I didn't realize how hard it would be until I was over there in South America where I was in these hostels and my first hostel in Peru and Lima, I saw people in the hostel who had broken bones and who were pretty banged up, who had come from Bolivia and they were like, you're going up there to do it. You're nuts. It's bad. Like we got broken legs. We got broken knees and people, everyone I came across had, injuries and I went yeah this actually might be pretty dangerous and the week I got to South America a girl from France had died in on the death row she missed the corner and went over the edge and Jeez. yeah that was pretty that that made it really real for me and the more the closer I got to Bolivia and the, those countries the more people I saw in hostels with more injuries and and then I turned up in Bolivia and I got into a room with six people and there was five other people 
and every single person had done the death road and they all had injuries, broken bones and broken bits. And I went, yeah, is this really smart? And I went, well, I'm here. I'm in South America. Got to do it. How hard can it be? And yeah, might as I well. started doing it and I realized pretty early on that, yeah, this is the silliest thing I've ever done and the craziest thing. And um, I've, I was thought I was going to die quite regularly, but I got through it and I took it safely and I did it within my, my skill level and made sure I didn't take any risks and I did a great opportunity and it was one of those crazy things going, what am I doing? But I'm here. Let's keep going. Let's do it. And that's the thing I, I do. And I'm now trying to prove that I, I can do it. And anyone in the, if a person in the wheelchair can push the death rate in Bolivia, you can achieve your dreams and your goals and you can change your life around and achieve success. And that's what I'm trying to prove. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you did the death road course in Bolivia, which I ran those numbers, I think the rate of success is less than 5%. At least uh, success without injury is less than 5%. And you yeah, it's that. not great. It's not a great success, right? No, it is not. And you did that in a racing wheelchair. You are absolutely, you're hardcore and you're nuts. But yep. you're also the same guy who was doing the long jump in a wheelchair at nine years old. Yep. And that's the thing. I'm like, I'm now out to two and go, well, hey, how hard can it be? And sometimes you go, you think you're going, it should, should be right. And that's the thing about the Australians. We always say that attitude is, oh, I should be right. How hard can it be? How dangerous can this country be? Or what? what's the worst could happen? And you're like, well, the worst could happen is probably death, pretty quick death, actually. But um, you can't do that more than once. You can only do that one time as far as I know. So Yeah, that's the thing. Like, And we push the boundaries pretty far as Australians and we, we do crazy things. And a lot of, I've heard some Aussies do some crazy things around the world and I've met some people who have done some, some just wild things and go, you did what? Oh, and they're like, yeah, I thought it'd be all right. I went, you thought it'd be all right. What made you think it would be all right? And like, eh, we'll be all right. And that's the thing you've got to take is that attitude is should be right. And that's the Aussie attitude. And we travel and we do these crazy things and we don't put on barriers to ourselves. And, but we do do it with safely and do it within our, the right thing and go, well, maybe we shouldn't go to this place. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe this is not the greatest thing to do, but, we can do this other thing instead. So I've done some crazy things like whitewater rafting, some major rapids around the world. And I've done paragliding off the Swiss Alps. Like a guy in a wheelchair jumped off the, the Swiss Alps. And that's, I, I'm trying to do some of these wild things. And I've got some pretty wild things on my to-do list. And I've gone through some tough times. I got chronic fatigue a few years ago leading into the Commonwealth Games. And, uh, the Commonwealth Games in 2014, I got injured three months out and I I couldn't literally put, get out of my wheelchair to go to like change chairs. And I, I somehow managed to keep training and get through the Commonwealth Games. I had two quarters on injections in my elbow and I was in so much pain that I couldn't really warm up for the race. And somehow I managed to finish fourth and I had chronic fatigue and I was sleeping up to 15 hours a night and somehow continue on because I had goals of reaching Rio and I pushed through it and like I would train, go back to bed for three hours and sleep and somehow try and function as a person as well. And that were the tougher times and I had to push through it and I had great support around me, but man, I, I wouldn't want to wish that on anyone else, but it's made me stronger as a person having chronic fatigue and making the Paralympic games in Rio is pretty crazy. And I missed out on, on the final in Rio by 0.1 of a second. I had to race the world number one in my heat. And I was like, how unlucky can you be is racing the, the best guys in your, in your heat. And if I was in the other heat, I may have made it through the final, but in my heat, I had the best guys and they ended up winning and getting the medals from my race. And I was like, well, I missed it by 0.1 of a second, but I was classed as a failure because I didn't win a medal. And so um, I came back and went, well, actually I did pretty well. This is my, where I was. I was happy with myself because I did the best I could in the circumstances and going, well, I know where I am. I know where I want to get to. Um, 
and I want to prove that, hey, I can do it. And that's where I've become stronger as a person. And that's what's going to make me successful in the long term. Oh, yeah. I mean, you lost by point one of a second to the best in the world when you had chronic fatigue. I think anybody that classifies anything like that as a failure is blind. But, you know, you were saying that you had some more crazy things that you want to do. Uh, obviously, you've got some more hard races coming up. So uh, what are you training for now? Yeah, I'm, I'm back uh, starting to feel healthier. I'm back training now and I'm back now training twice a day. And uh, we're in lockdown as most of the world is. Uh, I'm working from home with my job and I'm pretty lucky that I, I've got a job and I'm working from I'm able to work from home. So I'm working full time, but I'm also coaching remotely now. A lot of my athletes now have to work, train remotely and uh, I'm, I'm coaching remotely via the internet and as best we can, best way we go and um the athletes are just gonna have to handle this situation it's a unique situation that we no one's ever experienced before and we will come out of this on the other side as better and the people who are successful long term it may be that it will be the ones who use this upcoming weeks days months um to advantage use this opportunity to be better to develop your skills to to develop the businesses, to develop the online businesses, develop the the skills you need to be successful long term. If you want to develop something, you've got to develop those skills to be able to do it long term. And the people who are going to win the races when we start back, we don't know when this is going to end, unfortunately. And that's where we just got to go with the flow. And as an athlete, you go, well, some things are out of control. And, the things that are in your control is how hard you train in these, in these times. And, and a lot of, a lot of 90% of those work people do to achieve success is done behind the scenes. Yes. You might have a great business or might be able to travel the world, but hang on all that work you did behind the scenes. No one sees it. No one hears of the days you got out of bed at 5am and trained in the dark and the snow and it may be dark and, you've just got to train and keep going and go, you don't want to do it. But that goal, when you achieve success will be worth it. And the people who achieve success at the, in, when we start back in, in maybe six time, months time and all the way up to three years time, will be the ones who use this time the best who work crazy hard behind the scenes and, the people who sit on the couch and watch TV and watch Netflix for the next six months are the guys who will, will be sitting in three years' time, six months' time going, I want to be successful, but my situation, my life, my bad situation, I'm poor or I don't have a job. And you're like, well, hang on. What are you doing? What are you doing about the getting a job? What are you doing about developing skills to increase your income? If you want to earn 100 grand a year, what are you doing about it? What are you earning now? What are your difference? How are you going to earn that difference? And what are you going to do about it? And no one else is going to earn that money for you. You've got to do it. You've actually got to go, right, how am I going to do it? And take those steps to do achieve it. And that's the thing about success is you've got to actually write down what you want to do and put in place. And this is the perfect opportunity to do it now. And, and there's no excuses to not have time. And that's the thing, like a lot of people now have got all this extra time in their hands and they're not working the day jobs or the other things on the side that are putting in barriers and to achieve success. And now is the time to actually take that first step to achieve your dreams and change your life because you've got to change your life to have that long-term success. And I've got some crazy goals and a lot of things are, People go, you want to do what? I'm like, yeah, she'll be right. I'll be, I'll do it. And, um, some of the goals I'm working towards in sport and I still want to achieve success in sport and I'm still relatively young as an athlete and I, I want to achieve success. I have never won a major marathon and I still want to do really well in the marathons and travel to these crazy countries and I want to go to a few more crazy countries and, uh, I've got a few countries on my list that I want to go to and experience and a few of the adventure activities I want to do around the world. But 
you've got to achieve. I've been to quite a few now. I've done 60 countries, but I want to go to a few more. And uh, But I find ways to do it and I've got to find ways to earn more out there. And I want to prove that people with disability can and anyone really can achieve their goals um, and be successful. And I want to prove it and then help other people achieve their dreams because I think that's one of the main things in life is helping other people achieve their dreams. That's one of the main things I want to do. And I want to be successful in, in life. And that's whether it's in sport, in business, in uh, travel, in helping other people. And I've got some great activities I'm involved with. So I've got some great uh, things I'm developing at the moment. I'm going, right, let's get working hard. And yes, yeah, some things are going to take a bit longer than others. And that's the way it goes. And I want to develop a whole range of packages and go, right, if we're going to wheelchair can be successful, then anyone can. Yeah, you got a point. Uh, I like what you said about, you know, no one sees what goes on behind the scenes. You know, uh, all of the listeners know, you probably uh, may know, uh, I'm a dad of nine children. I have eight boys, one girl. They're all with my wife. Uh, I work in nine to five, 50, 60 hours a week. But in March of last year, I started uh, Rugged Legacy, you know, the Rugged Legacy Grooming Supply Company. And everybody only saw when I started putting out, hey, go to this website, look at these products, buy this product. Nobody saw me going to bed at 1 a.m., waking up at 4 a.m. so I could still go to the gym, still work out, and then come home, get on my laptop, uh, work on product formulas, work on building a website myself because I couldn't afford to pay someone else to build it for me. You know, that, that happened for months, you know, uh, to get to where I'm at now. No one saw that. All they do now is they click on the little link to the website and they go, oh, cool, I want this, add to cart, buy it. And they're like, oh, it must be nice to have your own company that does this. But no one saw all the behind the scenes things, all while trying to be a dad and a husband and work a full-time job. And, and that's so, what makes it more meaningful. And that's what me oh, makes yeah. it more meaningful to you and the family and, and where you've changed your life. And but the main thing is you took action and you changed it because you could have said, Oh, this is my situation. It's too hard. I work too many hours. So I've got too many kids. I do this. So my life like, this is where I live. And they're the people who don't achieve success long-term because they always making excuses of why they can't. And that's what we've got to change. And people who will find opportunities and go, right, because of those barriers, I'm going to find ways around it and put in actions and find ways to achieve success. And that's where we've, we love working with so many people who do that and who go, right, I'm willing to work as hard as it needs to be. And as many hours or as many challenges and setbacks along the way, to achieve success. And when none of us are there really at success yet, we're on the journey and that's all about it is we're developing those processes. We're developing ourselves as people and our businesses, our, our opportunities on the side. And we're always developing other opportunities for other people. And everyone sees that that success and that's where they don't see the, that 1am the 4am is. And trust me, there's a lot of that, those nights and those days when you're exhausted and you're trying to keep going because you've got to write those policies. You've got to write the new, new media announcements and stuff like that. And I've got a, my list of, I've always got a list of a page long of to do. And every day I've got this to do list that I've just got to tick through and keep going and very right. I've got to do this and get through it because it's all meaningful and I've got to get at the end and, if you're doing wasting time sitting on the couch watching Netflix, then that's on you and you've got to actually do something about it and, and reach out. And there's a lot of people out there who will help you if you ask for help. And that's the thing about it. And a lot of people can't achieve success alone. And that's where we've got to help and ask other people and people are willing to help you and help develop your skills and your strategies and your goal setting and how do you achieve success and what is success for you? Yeah. And, and you know, with what you're doing with the coaching and the just top level performing and you're just constantly getting after it, you were showing 
the 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 young athletes and uh and the world essentially all that goes on behind the scenes and when they see that they don't look at you and think oh well this guy just got a lucky break they go no this guy worked for it and for the right person now because like you said not every person is going to do this but for the right person they're going to look at you and they're going to see the work that you've done and the work that you're constantly putting in on a daily basis. And they're going to be inspired to match that. They're going to go, okay, this guy is putting in the work day after day. I can do that too. And that's what you're doing. You're creating that mindset for these young athletes. That's it. And a lot of the athletes, even I see good athletes who are international athletes, they're not fully successful or not reaching their full potential because they don't believe in themselves fully. They don't believe that they can achieve that outcome. And I remember back leading into London Paralympics, one of the Japanese guys, he was one of the best in the world and medal, medal at Paralympics. He's full-time athlete. He's sponsored. He earns a lot more money than I do. And it's amazing because when we travel together, he pays for me and I'm number, I was number one in the world, but he was paying for me because he was earning a lot more money and I earned nothing as an athlete. And, and he was like, you're world number one, but you earn nothing. And I went, that's what happens. And, and he was successful. He, he's on a major TV show in Japan. He has his own radio show. He has his gym. He has all these things happening for him, but he told me that he couldn't beat me. And I went, thank you. You've just given me the race. No matter what we do now in the race, I'm going to beat you and I'm going to be successful because you've give, you've defeated, you're defeated and you've got that mindset of I can never win it. And as soon as someone takes that attitude is they're defeated. If you truly want to be successful, you've got to believe in it no matter what. And yes, there may be the better athletes out there or stronger athletes. I may be injured and like going to London, I was injured and stuff like that. But I never gave up on the, the belief and the self-belief. And even on the start line, I went, yep, this is what's going to happen. I can do this and I'll be successful. And I've done that hard work and the 4 a.m. and all the 1 a.m. nights. And I've done that hard work. And a lot of people will only see you crossing the line celebrating and that, that joy at the end. But it's that six months of traveling alone that I did leading up to the games that were the hard bits and the mornings, the travel and the cost of it. And like even last year, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm an unfunded athlete now because I have, I'm not a national team athlete anymore. And I'm back trying to prove that I've still got it. I can do it and I can be successful and I'm not done yet. And like I spent 20, $30,000 last year and I, try to do almost nothing. Like I was on a tight budget with sport and, and I spent almost nothing and I had to do a few races to try and earn some money. And I definitely didn't earn that much. And I earned barely any money with sport and prize money and, and I'm barely winning anything. And it's like, well, I spent $30,000 and I'm not winning. And it's like, well, is that worth it? Like, well, yes, long term. If I want to do everything I want, I've got to spend more money. And that's why I'm trying to be successful in life and business and everything, because I want to be able to afford to be an athlete and afford life. I don't want to be poverty. I want to be on uh, government handouts and I don't want to be in that poverty situation where a lot of people are. I want to take action and go, right, how do I change it? How do I be successful? And that's what I'm trying to do. That's, that's awesome. And, you know, we're coming up on that hour mark and I think that's, probably the best plot, you know, we could possibly leave it. Uh, you know, you said you want it and that's what you're going to do. And I think there's no better message for people out there right now who may be, you know, watching or listening to this podcast thinking, you know, it'd be nice if I could do X or Y and then they have that, but in the back of their mind and they start wheeling out all those excuses, you know, just, the hell with those excuses you know like you said you want to do it so that's what you're going to do that's it and i'm now trying to help other people achieve their dreams and stuff like that and and mentor other people is doing the goal setting stuff and and spend time with people like we are now and and doing the one-on-one -on -one with people setting their strategies setting their actions and and working out why 
things are barriers and working out how you're going to turn them into opportunities to achieve your goals. And I'm spending a lot of time now with people and I'm happy to help anyone, any listeners now help to help them work out what is their dreams, take action and, and make sure they're on the right path and, and help them and mentor people. And that's where I'm now excited and really enjoying that opportunity where we can now make a difference to other people. And that's where I think the future really lies and I help out everyone that's listening today. And, and I really want to help make sure everyone achieves their dreams and make sure that their dreams are measurable and, and it's, they truly believe in it and actually take action because the only person that's going to achieve their dream is themselves and, and always reach out to me or you and we can always help other people to help achieve success. And we're not there yet, but we're, we're on the journey to achieving success and we've got some wild dreams and we're going to do it one day. And I can't wait to see what everyone achieves. And I hope everyone reaches out to me and you and go, this is why what I've done and this is my dream and this is what I'm going to do about it. And this is what I've achieved. And, and they're what motivates us to achieve our goals as well. Yeah, I couldn't say it better. Uh, so where can people find you online? Yeah, I, on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, I've, I'm, I'm heavily involved in those. And uh, just search Richard Coleman and I'm there. And I search, I'm doing a lot more now on a lot of the different topics of disability, disability inclusion, awareness, uh, my sport, my coaching, uh, and different fitness and activities I'm trying to do because there's a lot to me that rather than just that gold medal winning athlete, then there's a lot more to the our brands, like you know, and it's not just one bit. It's there's a lot to us, and we've got so many opportunities to share the the brand that is Richie Coleman, and we've got we've got so many great opportunities, and that's what I love about it. And there's all these other things I'm now involved with. I'm now coaching remotely. I'm now doing these disability awareness uh, workshops and working with people and how to make businesses and towns and people more disability friendly, how you making your product, your business disability friendly, because if you're not selling, if 20% of the population has a disability, but if you're not selling to 20% of the population, you're missing out on a huge profit margin that you could potentially increase your products. And, it's not hard to make your, your business accessible. It's making your product accessible for people with vision impairment and people who are deaf or uh, have other impairments. And that's where we're now trying to go, right, how, how can we increase opportunities and how can you be more profitable? And that's where I'm now out mentoring and advising people, but also helping other people achieve their goals and, strategy days and strategy hours and that's where anyone want to reach out to me and um there's a lot to me that people don't know about so i they follow me on social media and i'm there all the time doing crazy things and i've got a few goals that i want to do and uh you'll see them on social media that's great uh and for those of you listening or watching if you look down on the show notes there will be links to where you can find Richard on Twitter, on Instagram, as well as his website, which is uh, Coleman, C-O-L-M-A-N dot com dot A-U. Got to add that A-U in there. He's an Aussie and he's proud of it, as you probably guessed. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Rugged Legacy podcast. And once again, Richard, thank you for making the time this morning before you go and train and work uh, to come on and talk, man. It's really glad we got this opportunity and I look forward to talking to you more in the future, man. I'm really glad we connected. Thank you so much. And it's a great opportunity and I'm glad we managed to fit in our very crazy busy schedules that we've managed to get times. And yeah, it's a early start for me and now I'm about to change over and work a full day and then coach night. But uh, I've got a great list of things to do today, so I'm looking forward to it and hope everyone now uh, listening takes action and really does something about their dreams and actions. And I can't wait to work with you now in the future and help other people achieve their dreams. And I can't wait to make our, our businesses very successful. Oh, absolutely. We'll definitely be doing something, but all right, guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Make sure you hit like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and 
if you're just listening, you can find this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Make sure you're leaving reviews on Google Play or iTunes. If you don't think those help, you're wrong. They help greatly get the Rugged Legacy podcast out there and suggested new listeners. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Go do something productive. This is Jeff and Richard for on the Rugged Legacy podcast, episode number 18. Out. Thank you for listening to the Rugged Legacy podcast. I hope you've been enjoying the content on all of the episodes, especially this one here. If you'd like to become a contributor and support this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash rugged legacy and click on the support icon. Everyone wants to rise from the ashes, but very few are willing to set themselves on fire. This has been a Rugged Legacy production.